This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. Hello, this is the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels, and you can't tell, but right now I'm dressed as Deacon and not the Fallen Angel because I'm at Waterworld, and you are listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast because there's degrees. There's a little bit busted open, but this is Busted Wide Open. You're listening to us, so thanks for listening. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts... Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. But if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 208. Oh, my name is Nick Howell. (laughs) And still can't help. But call my bathroom the Elimination Chamber. I am Sir Ian Dangerous, <laughs> and welcome to the show. Welcome to Busted Wide Open, where today we will be discussing Elimination Chamber, which happened this past weekend and set us up. The final stop, Nick, the final road bump, the final rest stop on the way to WrestleMania. All Everything's pretty much set in stone now. I, I have to say, overall, it was kind of a predictable pay-per-view but at the same time, some surprises, some surprisingly good matches, some things that like I, I thought it was going to be a totally underwhelming show, and I was pleasantly surprised by a lot of this show. What did you think about it overall? Overall, it felt like I was eating a bowl of vanilla ice cream. I, I happen to like vanilla ice cream, but on this particular night, less than a month away from WrestleMania, God damn it, I want some Rocky Road. I, I want some action. I want some drama. I want some swerves. I want something that's going to set up all of the action and all of that stuff for WrestleMania. We're going to go through it all. You don't have to rattle it off all right now. I'm just giving you my overall. I came away from it going, all right, that's okay. Yeah. And it might have had a lot to do with the final match, which we'll talk about. But putting that at the end, the way it went down, it was just, all right. All right. We'll tell you what you did. You do the housekeeping because I've got to point out all the rocks in the Rocky Road on the road to WrestleMania once we get into the show. But go ahead. Do that housekeeping. Tell the people where they can interact with the show, and then we'll get into it. Yes, as always, guys, come over and join us on Facebook. Just search for Busted Wide Open. Like our page and send us a join request to get into the discussion group with the rest of the phenomenal ones. Thank you guys for always being a part of that active community. That is the hub of our operation where all the action goes down, except for the live chats that happen. And they are over in our Discord community, which a lot of new people showed up this week. Thank you guys for joining. I hope you guys are having a pleasurable experience. I know it can be a little overwhelming at first glance, but I promise once you get in there and drive around a little bit, it's 
It's like riding a bike. You'll find your way around real quick. But come over and join us for live chats all throughout the week. You can find links in the description here below on YouTube or pinned to all of our social media profiles, uh, such as it's in the discussion group. So get in the Facebook group, and we had several people get some help this week on getting into Discord. That's the place you want to be for the live chats, especially as we get towards WrestleMania here in the next few weeks. You want to make sure you're in there for all the live chat and... All of the action on the Patron Pick'ems Challenge, where our current champ, Chris White, will be defending his BWO Patron Pick'ems Championship mm. for the very first time at none other than WrestleMania itself. Good luck, champ. Uh, <laughs> we'll see you there for sure. To get yeah. in on that, you've got to be at least in the $5 tier over at patreon.com slash BWO. Mm. Now, not only does it get you into the patron pickums for WrestleMania, but it also gets you the ability to ask listener questions during our patron mailbag episode that we do every single Saturday after our main show where you can send in your questions and we'll answer them live right here on the air for you guys. Uh, you can also get access to the show notes, bonus episodes like one that we just put out at the $10 tier, uh, Nick's fantasy booking that's coming up uh, this week. Just, oh. Maybe. Uh, Stay tuned. Shuddering. Um, but yeah, I know you're shuddering. Prepare your tequila and your bowels, Sir Ian Dangerous. Uh, they are about to get rocked for sure. Uh, guys, come over and also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BWO Podcast. And, of course, right here on YouTube where we stream live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. We are on that last leg, Ian, the last leg to get to YouTube partnership. We just need like 300 more subscribers, and we're there. So we are on the home stretch, guys. We've met all the other qualifications necessary. Everything's done. Tell your family. Tell your friends. Get subscribed to the Busted Wide Open podcast. I know everybody's got some wrestling friends out there. I know they would like the content we're putting out. Please tell them to come subscribe for us. Help us get over that hump. We are all Sign up Grandma. She won't know there. any better. Sure, sure. If you, ha if you happen to have more than one YouTube channel, you know, you can subscribe with more than one YouTube channel, you know. I'm just saying... There's things that we can all do here to help move Subtle. this ball forward. Subtle. But as I just said, there was a lot that went down this weekend. We have a lot to discuss, so let's head over and break down Elimination Chamber. Oh, man. Well, let's start off with the pre-show, which was give, like we found out about this an hour or two before the show. Viking Raiders versus Hawkins and Ryder. Okay. <laughs> I just kind of came out of nowhere. I got nothing to say about Viking Raiders squash Hawkins and Ryder. Uh, okay. It was just, it was there. It was there to remind people that the Viking Raiders exist. Yeah, it, well, you said an hour or two before. It wasn't even announced until the kickoff show started. <laughs> like, that's how unimportant this was. They didn't even put it up on social media. Nothing. Oh, my God. It was just Charlie Caruso going, oh, yeah. Hey, by the way, hey, your oh, kickoff show match tonight is Viking Raiders versus um, Hawkins and Ryder. You know, what? I really, I, I got to give it to Hawkins and Ryder for being able to keep coming out there and looking confident before a match. Like, yeah, we're the, look at us. We're all like, we're the guys. We're like thumbs up and big smiles. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I, I don't know. I don't know how they do it week in and week. I mean, they're, you know what? They're on the show. They're getting paid. Uh, Ryder's got that, that toy fetish. Like he's got to keep buying toys. He's got to pay for that somehow. Hey, -o. so, uh, <laughs> Oh, so you I mean action figures? Yeah, yes, action figures. Oh, oh, Nick. What oh, did you okay. think? Uh, I'm, what did you think? No, carry on. 
carry on. All right. No, no. Never mind. Viking yeah. Raiders picked this one up. No shock there. Let's get to the main show because that was where, honestly, the first swerve on this show, a whole bunch of Rocky Road popped right out of the gate when we got Drew Gulak versus Daniel Bryan. Opening the show, a match that you and I both were so confused when it started happening. When, when this feud between Daniel Bryan and, and Drew Gulak started evolving, we both were like, what? what? Drew Gulak, the guy who you've had squashed since he showed up on SmackDown and looked like a goof in every segment, is now going to try to challenge Daniel Bryan? Okay, sure. We were joking about how this was going to be a squash match. They're going to give it no time. It was not going to be interesting unless they let them work. Nick, we said unless they let them really go to town, give them 15 minutes to work and really have a technical mat match like some old some like pro wrestling Noah stuff here. Nick, we got exactly what we wanted. It was all downhill after this, but this is exactly what I <laughs> wanted to see. And what a way in a but very listen in a very smarky town like Philadelphia. Yeah. What a way to open it up with a hot technical mat wrestling wrestling match. And just, oh, my God, they let him go. Thankfully, it wasn't a squash. I might have flipped a table if it had been a squash like we feared. On the contrary, Gulak went out there and put his money where his mouth was. He was saying he had an answer to everything Daniel Bryan had. And for the most of the match, he did. Yes, he, he did. He was messing him up. And there were some moves that were genuinely scary given Daniel Bryan's history. Uh, released German suplex. Daniel Bryan landed on his head. Uh, there was a spot where Daniel Bryan was trying to handstand out of... Uh, of a neck vice and drew Gulak instead raised his legs and popped them down onto his head again, straight up and down, just bolt them into the ground. A uh, couple of those scary spots, but that, and it was intense. These guys were laying it into each other. It was stiff as hell. Oh my God, this was a great match. And it's hard to not have it be downhill after this because it was so unexpected and so good. Uh, I thought that Josh Barnett booked this like this. This was that kind of match. Yeah. And I, I, I was so excited by it because it's a kind of thing you very rarely see in WWE. And it makes you wonder what kind, whose ear Daniel Bryan is in because he said in interviews that he's been really impressed by Drew Gulak ever since he commented on the Cruiserweight Classic and saw Gulak in that and was really impressed by him. Uh, and he's wanted to have a match with him. And he, he, Daniel Bryan got his way. And not only a match, but a really special match. And it's the kind of match where the Elimination Chamber, like kind of the random pay-per-view, the, the odd man out pay-per-view was perfect for this kind of match. In hindsight, looking at this, it was the perfect place to do it. Agreed. Because there, were, there, there wasn't any real stakes. It was unexpected, and it was just an incredibly pleasant surprise that came out of nowhere. Um, I guess, Nick, we have to ask, what comes next? Daniel Bryan ultimately turning the tables on Drew Gulak ends up beating him, but... They had the whole thing where at the end of the match, Gulak had earned Daniel Bryan's respect, and Daniel Bryan was pointing to him and being like, dude, this guy, this guy brought it. Is this, are we turning a corner on Drew Gulak here? Is he going to go face a tag team with Daniel Bryan? More of these kinds of matches? What do you, what do you see coming from the future on this? I, I almost want to see more. Like they're constantly trying to one-up each other in a way, like a, in a good sportsmanship kind of way. Like, hey, I think I almost, like, dude, I almost had you. You know, in one of those kind of ways where I, maybe this time I'll try it with my arm tied behind my back. Oh, you think you can do it with your arm behind your back? I'll do it behind my back as well. And we get some kind of match like that that's got a little bit of a gimmick or a stipulation. Not like your typical no DQ weapons bullshit, but I mean like 
that kind of match where it becomes just even more of a technical masterpiece and they have to be even more innovative in the way that they work together. That kind of stuff is what I dream about, frankly. But at the same time, I don't know if there's any legs for this because it was just a match. It was just an exhibition off the back of what happened Friday night, the night before. So I, I don't know. Are, are we going to have any more of this? God, I hope so. Because that was an absolute beauty to watch. Uh, I think last week I talked about the the match that we had between Austin Theory and uh, and Killshot on NXT, and where it was they sometimes you don't need a reason. Two guys just go out and have a match, and that's how I felt about this. And it, God, it was awesome. It's just awesome. I thought this was fantastic. This is exactly what I wanted from these two. Uh, it was a clinic. It was beautiful. Hopefully, there's some more in the future. I don't know in what capacity, but give me more of this. If they're willing to give this kind of match to us again at any point, great. There are no plans that I know of for Daniel Bryan for WrestleMania right now. So who knows where we're going to go from here. Uh, it's wide open, and yeah. WrestleMania is a long show. So who knows what they'll be able to put together for that. Uh, we did both say Daniel Brown was going to beat him here, Nick. Yes. But uh, I certainly didn't think that Drew Gulak was going to get that much offense in. So No. I think Very pleasantly so Just surprised. to recap, just in case the audio didn't get picked up for whatever reason, I think my only input on it was this was kind of exactly what we wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. And it was I don't know where it goes from here. Do they start doing these fun kind of stipulations where they stick their hand a hand behind the rack each and oh well you can wrestle with a hand behind your back? Well I can wrestle with a hand behind my do they we get these kind of jolly good sportsmanship old school style technical mat wrestling matches, even more so How about a, a submission way. match? How about a who, who, <sighs> submission someone who taps out first match? Yeah, well, he pretty handily put him into the yes lock, and that was kind of it after 15 minutes of pure offense from Joe But what Gulak. if Gulak says, hey, you got lucky once, let's have, let's do it again. Let's right? see if you can do it again. All do right. it again. We have another one on one of these Raws, and then we have the rubber match at WrestleMania. Like that, I wouldn't be mad at that. So yeah. lots, of, lots of places you can go from here. A very successful start to something that we were both really skeptical about. Uh, this is why sometimes you have to hang in there and see where they're going because sometimes you can be pleasantly surprised. I was also pleasantly surprised uh, by Humberto Carrillo versus Andrade for the U.S. title. You know, we just saw this at, at Royal Rumble, and we've been seeing it a few times on Raw. And pretty much every Raw since. Well, Andrade's been out for a month. But yeah, we've seen it for a while now. This has been an yeah. ongoing thing. Uh, but this was their best match, Nick. They came out and balled out. Uh I've got to say, man, Humberto Carrillo, I don't know why he's wearing Dale Gass's shirt. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, it, it's Pete Gass's brother. It's okay. I understand. I, I actually understand. I'm, I'm a big fan of, of Pete Gass, and I guess his brother Dale is, um, is a good guy too. I kid, I kid. Uh, this is the best match these guys have had. This was out freaking insane. They went out there and put on a lucha match and were all over the damn place. Uh Definitely, like, if you're going to have to follow that Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak match, this is how you do it. They were probably sitting in the back going, damn, we got to go. Yeah. Uh, and they did. And honestly, like, I think Carrillo can be a little bit dry in the personality department, but Lord knows that guy goes out there and puts in work. Um, I mean, when you're up against uh, uh, Angel Garza in a charisma competition, that that's a no-brainer. It's it's hard to or Andrade to, to be, for that matter, or Andrade for that. I, yeah. Well, I mean, he has so. Selena Vega, so I, both of them do, frankly. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. It was nice to see Andrade and Charlie Caruso coordinating their outfits uh, for the night. That's that's the one thing I'll say there. They both wore beautiful blue dresses. Mm-hmm. Cute. Yeah. Uh, I guess I guess the one thing I had the one thing. 
question I had here is, once again, Andrade won. And once again, he won with the roll-up with the tights. So two things I have to ask here. How many times is Carrillo going to get a shot at this title? How many times is he going to have to you know, get rolled up like this? When's he going to start wearing a singlet just so that he, he, lose, he doesn't you lose that part right. of his game there? Uh, I mean, is there a point now in having this feud go on to WrestleMania if Carrillo's had every shot in the world this title and just can't get the job done. I mean, yeah, he has an argument will he cheated, but there's only so many times you can, you, can, you can do that before it starts getting redundant. Obviously, we all want to see the fatal four-way ladder match for the U.S. Championship at WrestleMania with these four guys. I think, that's, I think that's, it's gotten to the point now where it's not just us on this show. It's out there in the world. It feels I've, like a foregone conclusion at this point it that it's going to happen. It kind of does. Yeah. It's like it's one of the things that seems out of left field, but also kind of books itself. Well, I mean, spoiler <laughs> so, alert, the following night on Raw, we saw Rey Mysterio with Angel Garza. So right. the fact that they're doing these back-to-back like this, and frankly, every week we've got some kind of lucha mask between the four of these guys, some mixture of the four of these guys, frankly, right. for the last three or four months. This has been going on. So, yeah, it feels like at some point, you know, do we put a ladder match with these guys on the kickoff show at WrestleMania? Hell no. Oh. Open, the whole, open the whole damn show with it. Yeah, exactly. Let them tear down, let them tear down the house. Yep. Uh, both of us saw Korea winning here as a way to, well, actually, you saw it and you talked me into it, you madman. Way to go. <laughs> but uh, at least, at least we had a great match here. Hopefully they know what they're doing going forward with this on the road. To WrestleMania, I feel like Carrillo might get, be getting ricocheted here, though, man, because he's he's running out of opportunities. And if if we see after WrestleMania Carrillo start to disappear like Ricochet has, I'm wondering if if that's coming. Carrillo, first first of all, Carrillo's got a support network that Ricochet didn't have, with Ray having his back and all the rest of it. Uh, I, I, I it also makes me sad that it's now called being Ricochet. It's only been a week and a half, and it's already called being Ricochet. He's a meme already. Yikes. He's a verb. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. I, when we get to talking about Raw on our next show after this. I laugh, but I'm, I'm dying on that. the inside. I promise. I'm dying on the inside. <laughs> Luckily, we get, next we have to talk about the tag team elimination chamber match, the SmackDown Tag Team Championships on the line. Miz and Morrison, your champs coming into this, along with the New Day, uh, Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode, or Rudolph, whatever you want to call them. The Usos, Lucha House Party in there uh, because the Revival are no longer apparently working for WWE and heavy machinery. Um, this was a very, very entertaining match, Nick. I think the only critiques that I have of it are that some of the big spots, as often happens in these kinds of matches, were a little bit too telegraphed and, and obviously choreographed. Um, and also... I thought it was an interesting decision to have the most over-tag team and the biggest story end halfway through the match, and then we have a reset with three teams that the audience was nowhere near invested in. You had everything going on with Heavy Machinery and Dolph Ziggler and, and Bobby Roode, which was what everyone was pretty much there to see, was Otis finally getting his hands on Dolph Ziggler um, and how that would all play out. And well, We had that moment as Heavy Machinery entered the ring. Ziggler and Roode were already in their cell, yeah, and you had the standoff, the stare down, and I was just Otis like facing him up, and the whole audience. Please let happen. Otis just man tear the door off and just get his hands on Ziggler. <laughs> you know, just something ridiculous oh, like yeah. that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Kool Aid Man burst through the cell. Foreshadowing. He, if he has not been the Kool Aid Man for Halloween yet, Otis is missing out. But this is the thing. So this match was basically it was just it was just kind of a match. Stuff happened um, until it got to the 
the heavy machinery and uh, and Dolph Ziggler and Rude stuff, there was a lot of crazy spots. You you had Lindsay Dorado doing a freaking shooting star press while hanging from the top of the cage. He somehow was able to manage a shooting star press from there. Monkey bars onto everybody, <laughs> which was a terrible, which was a really cool spot, but. A really dumb move because immediately afterwards, Grand Metalik was pinned because Lince Dorado was out. So not good tactics on the part of Lince Dorado. Was not thinking ahead about that move. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then you also had Tucker. Uh, Dolph Ziggler had escaped to the top of the one of the, of the, uh, of the cells and to get, try and get away from Otis. Tucky goes up after him, smashes his face into, uh, uh, into the wall, and then tosses him off where, where Otis grabs him, and then in order to give Otis some time alone with Dolph, Tucker does a freaking plancha, this 280-pound guy, plancha off the top of the cell onto everybody else, I thought, which, which was terrifying. And then as Otis was left alone with Dolph Ziggler to, to get his revenge finally, uh, Dolph stumbles over by one of the cells, and as Otis finally is ready to take him out, runs at him, and like a matador... Dolph Ziggler dodges out of the way. Otis goes crashing through the cell and through the outside of the cell, goes flying all the way to the outside. Spanish announce team uh, takes a big old plexiglass to the face, and Otis is out for the rest of the match. Tucker ultimately uh, getting pinned by Rude and Ziggler to the chagrin of the crowd. So they drag this out longer, Nick. We almost saw Otis get his revenge, but once again, he was thwarted. Um, We were suspecting either... They were going to put the titles on Rude and Ziggler to make this feud go to WrestleMania, or they were going to separate it from the titles. And the second option is what they did. Yeah, they had because Rude and Ziggler got pinned shortly after that, and it was down to New Day, Usos, Miz, and Morrison left in the ring. And the crowd kind of died after that because they really wanted to see the Heavy Machinery and and Rudolph pairing. Is was it a bad idea to not put the titles on Rude and Ziggler to make it more important that way and save it till the end? No, because in Vince's eyes, he gets his cake and eats it too. So he's going to get his tag team feud for the titles, and he's going to get the payoff at Mania in some way, shape, or form. But for the but, Otis. but Nick, but there's been feuds in the past that he wanted to have his cake and eat it too, and he put the title on the match, like you know Goldberg and, and Brock, where he didn't need to put the title in it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he has a history of putting titles onto feuds that he wants to make a bigger deal, not doing it where you split them up. Not when you've got Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns already going for titles. Not to mention Goldberg and the chosen one, Drew McIntyre, already in there. He just doesn't care about the tag titles. Your argument's invalid there because that would require him to care about tag team championships and tag team wrestling at all, for that matter. So, yeah, I think it's smart to separate these two because let Dolph, at some point, let Otis just have Dolph in a cage. You know, split well, them off kind of- and make it a thing. Yeah, this has been the suspicion that, you know, the, the rumor, the scuttlebutt is Otis versus Ziggler at Mania, special guest referee Mandy. Um, more information will probably come out in the next couple of weeks that, oh, Dolph sabotaged Otis's phone, whatever, right? So it'll end up being a one-on-one match, and Otis will get his, his WrestleMania moment. Can I throw you a plot twist curveball? Uh-oh. Sure. What if it's Tucker? Stop it. You want to break up your own favorite tag team? You evil man. Hear me out. Hear oh, me God. out. Oh, what if in order ever... to protect his boy, much like Randy Orton was protecting Edge, Tucker was the one that sent the text message that would stop him from getting his heart broken and telling Dolph to go get Yeah, me. but we've seen Tucker on his own talk to Mandy and be like, I can't believe you do my boy that way. I mean, she, I don't want to She I don't looked confused, right? She didn't understand. I don't want to get on this rabbit I'm hole. just saying. 
Get ready for it. Don't you put that evil out there. Hashtag Nick booking, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. This is why we don't let him do it very often. No. Keep heavy machinery together. Keep Tucker pure. Uh, I wanted to give a shout-out to uh, Line Drive in the chat. Can we please just take a moment to recognize and give a shout-out to Tucker freaking Knight Dude. Night between the Friday night gauntlet match and the way that, the things that he did, he's a 285 pound man. That is that's his, that's Brock Lesnar's size. Obviously, yeah. he's got a few, about half a foot on him, but still, that dude doing the kind of lucha esque stuff that he was doing, plus having the ring stamina to go the gauntlet match two nights prior to that. Yeah, holy dude's I a mean, beast. Just, there's a reason why he was one of the guys that they called up for the greatest Royal Rumble before anybody else. Like, right. remember, they called him up way before we expected it to happen. So somebody has their eyes on him. And the thing is, is, you know, Otis is obviously the more popular of the two of them. Totus is, uh, Tucker's the worker. So, I mean, and, and with, as you said, between the gauntlet match and here, they've definitely, I think, put the marker on heavy machinery. Those guys are, are, yep. are destined for greatness. But then the last half of the match was... You know, this very kind of typical booking where the New Day and the Usos can't stay on the same page and just freaking eliminate the champs and then just have a match. It had to break down because, you know, faces are stupid in WWE. And they ultimately uh, uh, ended up fighting each other, which allowed for Miz and Morrison to cash in and beat the Usos and then uh, beat the New Day, the stack the New Day, excuse me, um, uh, beat the beat New Day and then stack up on the Usos. And win with their with, with Miz's legs on the ropes, and I was like, I have to admit, like it was still these three teams. They're exciting to watch, but the air was taken out of the room when Heavy Machinery was eliminated. Yep. And then Rude and Ziggler were eliminated, and yep. we're down to these three teams. And then to have the two face teams act like idiots and not just eliminate the champs and guarantee that one of the two of them was going to be the new champs, again, it it just seems like illogic, illogical, dumb. Uh, moves and booking on their part. And it, it kind of took was, the air out It was vanilla. Him. I agree with you. It was vanilla ice cream. We did get a spot with the Usos jumping off the pods with a double frog splash. Cool. But at the end of the day, I, you know, it was the right thing to do to keep the belts on these guys. Uh, I want to be clear Agreed. about that. Agreed. They just I, put I, them on them three minutes ago. I, Let's, I picked Miz and Morrison to win, and yeah. I was right about that. Uh, it was the right decision. I just wish... They had had a better way of doing it, a more elegant way of doing it. It's just, it's lazy to have the old, oh, the faces can't stay on the same page. That's just, that's lazy. So that's, that's too bad there. But it was still very entertaining. I can't, it's a nitpick. I can't complain too much about it. Um, Also a match that I can nitpick, but I was personally very entertained by, Aleister Black versus AJ Styles, no disqualification. And what was surprising about the no DQ was it didn't matter that it was no DQ until the very end because the Good Brothers were standing around outside hanging out and they didn't even get involved until most of the way through this match. Most of this match was AJ Styles working over Aleister Black's leg and Aleister Black selling said leg and we're, we're seeing if Aleister Black can come back from uh, being wounded by AJ Styles, which he did. Um, I got to say, Nick, 90% of this was a really well-worked, entertaining match. Sure. And if, and if they hadn't had that no-DQ stip and the Good Brothers running in at the end to get involved and beat down Aleister Black and then what came next, um, we would have said this was, you know, on the level of, like, Carrillo and Andrade or maybe not Gulak and Daniel Bryan, but it would still have been a solid match. It was yeah. really well-worked, entertaining. These guys went out there and did, good, you know, fantastic stuff. Black selling is great. So I have a um, confession to make. Uh-oh. 
I uh, I had actually nodded off during this match. Oh. And the thing that woke me up literally snapped me away was gong <laughs> and the Philadelphia crowd I have not heard a crowd erupt like that in as long as I can remember just screaming it wasn't like a oh it was ah it was like 20,000 people at the same time just screamed at the top of their lungs at the combination of the gong and that and I just snapped up again wait what oh it's yeah we knew Undertaker was coming out for AJ anyway but what how did wait huh and I had to play catch up a little bit and go back and watch the match again later. So yeah, it was that, that was a fun experience to be woken up out of a kind of a, a nod off by Undertaker. <laughs> Disappointed in you, sir. Something, something um, you'll have nightmares about. Well, you know, it's, eh, eh, whatever. But I th- okay, so the two the two nitpicks about this: why didn't the Good Brothers get involved earlier when it's a no DQ match? You know, this that you know all they do normally is get in there and and, and get involved. Yeah, and they're just kind why of standing were they even around. There? Right. And and the thing is, is again, it could have been fixed by just a little tiny thing. Yeah. You know, just a little a moment of AJ Styles in the back telling them, boys, I got this. I want to take this guy out on my own to show the Undertaker who's who. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like only only get involved if you have to kind of thing. Right. That's all you had to do. But they didn't do that, and so as a result, we're sitting here, you know, like, why aren't they going? Why aren't they getting Alistair? Like, AJ's laid out in the ring; they could just go take him out. Why aren't they doing that? But you know, again, a nitpick. I was enjoying the match, aside from that one <laughs> logical hole. Um, but as you said, at the end of the match, they're beating down Alistair Black. Bong! And Undertaker appears in the middle of the ring, choking out both of the Good Brothers and screaming, looking like an oversized Father James Mitchell. And uh, with his with his new black hair and gigantic black eyebrows, uh, tosses the Good Brothers out, turns around, chokes, kind of choke slams AJ. It was about the it was like the equivalent choke slam of like Goldberg's jackhammer on the Fiend. It was just kind of like a <gasps> choke slam, you AJ. Lap up there that vanilla ice cream. Yeah, it was Undertaker. It was vanilla what ice is cream with it was- you and vanilla ice cream. I I seriously I I do not understand. This metaphor. All right. Well, we'll continue on. We'll see if chat understands it. You guys, let us know if you know. It, it's not. It's not even Neapolitan. Like you don't even get any different flavor. It's just exactly what you expect to get from this kind of stuff. Like we knew three weeks ago. It's all. We yeah. knew three weeks we ago, did. Undertaker was going to. We come called out. this exact finish because we knew yeah. that was the only way this could work. It's why yeah. they had the no DQ. Uh, I I will say this. At least they tried to protect Alistair a little bit by having AJ kind of stumble back to his feet after Undertaker left and recover a bit, and then Alistair executes him with a, with a black mask that AJ sold like he'd been shot in the head, uh, once again proving why he's one of the best. But then they were just you know lathering on Alistair's balls that he had somehow beaten AJ when he didn't. Undertaker beat him, and Alistair picked up the pieces. But uh, okay, fine. Yeah. You know? Um, if had it been the other way around and had Alistair been the heel and AJ been the face and this had happened, they'd have been like, how dare he? AJ's defenseless after this, this horrific attack by the undertaker. Oh, Alistair black is an opportunist. They'd have been all over him. And in fact, you know how I know that Nick, because that exact same scenario happened later on in the show. All right. I just, I don't feel like my problem with what went down is that I feel like Gallows and Anderson could have handled the Undertaker. That's where what? I'm. That's where I'm hung up. But he. But Undertaker came out of nowhere, Nick. 
He appeared in the middle of the You're ring. You're telling me that Big Luke Gallows couldn't have broken out of crippled ass Undertaker's choke while he had him down no. like that? It's Undertaker's S tier. Luke Gallows is like you in just the got B-tier. done saying yourself. He gave him a grandpa choke slam. AJ. Just because Undertaker. Uh. Can- so what? So Goldberg can beat the Fiend with the crappy ass jackhammer. I'm not saying it makes sense when you look at it. I'm saying in kayfabe, in kayfabe, Undertaker beats everybody except for the like the top 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 dudes. I and Luke it. Gallows is not a top 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 dude. I, no matter how much you like the Good Brothers, it's just not how it is, sir. I, I think he's actually bigger than Undertaker. He, at this point, because Undertaker's been shrinking, he might be. Yeah, but anyway. I, don't I don't know, know why you picked. I don't know why you picked AJ to win this. It was that was bizarre. It's one thing I don't understand. Yeah. Anyway, because it's, it's me. <laughs> you you wanted your Rocky Road. Yep. And instead, you got vanilla ice cream. I guess. No, the Whatever Rocky Road came on. They came the next night on on Raw. Well, we'll get I to guess, that. I guess the thing also I want to say here is part of the reason why you probably passed out in this match is you're like, well, I don't need to do anything until Taker comes out. Right, like I, I, was I can also just, wait. just pretty exhausted. I can okay. Well, you could also. That's what I was thinking. This whole match I was like, okay, this is good, but it's all fun and games until Taker comes out because yeah. you know he's gonna. Yeah. So it's a little bit overshadowed. Like yes, Alistair kind of sort of beat AJ, but it's overshadowed by the fact that it's really about AJ and Taker, and Alistair is kind of irrelevant at the end of the day with this. So that's a little frustrating too. Yep. But same yep. time, I was entertained in the moment. Street Profits versus Rollins and Murphy for the Raw Tag Team titles was next. Uh, and I think, Nick, this is the match where the crowd truly died. And Philly it's, it usually is a pretty live crowd, but this night, this night they went downhill pretty quickly. Um, and I don't, it was weird that this was the match where they died because it was a pretty lively match. You know, these guys mm. were flying all over the place, but same time like i guess they just didn't they don't they don't really care about this feud because why should they nick as we said on on our preview show for this we just had a match between these two teams at saudi arabia we just had a match with them on raw where inexplicably the street profits won the titles and now we're having another rematch and we don't know what to think is that why the audience wasn't into this i i do i i called it I mean, Seth Rollins goes to the side. He motions down for AOP. They come running down. They get involved. And here comes the Viking Raiders. War okay. Machine experience team. So, yeah. Is this is this Nick booking come true? Are we actually going to work AOP and Viking Raiders into the tag titles by the time we get to Mania in a few weeks? I'm not even convinced also, of that at this point. Because I don't you know also if Kevin time. Owens come down through the crowd eating popcorn. Like it was going out of style. Like Jesus, that guy was crushing the popcorn. Sits on the Spanish announce table, and uh, you know, like it, you have Seth get in his face, and then gets speared into oblivion by uh, um, uh, Angelo Dawkins. Good God, and, he uh, took a hit with that one. He speared the crap out of him. I don't know, it was but, more like, uh, like a shoulder tackle. He just like linebacker tackled him. It was so good. God, he's got, Seth he's got a, he's went into the barricade one. hard. But you know, Street Profits end up retaining because of the Kevin Owens distraction. Um, so it looks like we're heading towards Seth and Kevin at Mania. But where do the other chips fall? You've again, you've got the titles on the Street Profits. Are you seeing a, a triple threat, quadruple threat threat here in at Mania for the Raw Tag Team Titles? It's one of two things, in my opinion. If they keep them till Mania, it'll be AOP versus Street Profits. And if they don't and drop them to AOP, then we get we get AOP Viking War Machine Raider team. Experience. I've got some bad news for you, and I was going to save this until Raw, and I'll talk about it again on Raw, but okay. uh, Rezar is injured. Torres bicep. Mm. So 
you may not be getting this after all. Well, I know and how that feels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we may not be getting that of mania. And after I happen all. to be, you know, have firsthand knowledge that that's about a six week recovery. <laughs> yep. Minimum. <laughs> yeah. Minimum. So before you can even put weight on it, mania. that's when you can start strengthening again. Yep. So. Oh, yikes. well. Um, I, both, I, with that in mind, I have no idea. Yeah. We both called this one. We both thought they should keep it on the street profits yeah. here. But yeah, this was one of those matches where we didn't know what to think. We didn't know why to care. And so it was a little bit off-putting. Then we had the Intercontinental Championship match. Three-on-one. Shinsuke Nakamura, Sami Zayn, Cesaro versus the champ, Braun Strowman. Uh, And I have to ask, Nick, because I wasn't able to get your response to this live because you had other obligations and had to step away from Discord at this time. So what did you think of this? Because I've got my opinions. But what did you think of this match, and what did you think about the outcome, the shocking outcome, of Braun Strowman finally getting overwhelmed and getting um, double suplexed and haluba kicked at the same time, and Sami Zayn pins him and becomes your new Intercontinental Champion. Sami Zayn is now Intercontinental Champion. Let me say it again. Sami Zayn has a singles title on the main roster. First what did one. you think about Ever. First one, first title he's held since being NXT champ. What did you think about, think about this match and the outcome? This was very difficult for me to come to. In the moment, I was just I, I just threw my hands up and I went, well, shit, I don't know how to feel. I'm so conflicted. I'm so torn because of I love the work that Sammy's been doing. And by God, he's deserved it. And at the same time, you know, there's no – if you – if you send those three out there and they can't th- beat Ron Strowman three on one, Shinsuke Nakamura, Cesaro, and Sami Zayn, they can't take down Braun yep. Strowman. God, that makes them look like absolute chumps. So yes. part of me with the combination of that outcome and Sami finally getting a singles title, I'm okay with this. On the other hand, I'm going... Why did it exist in the first place? <laughs> Why did you have to do this to Braun Strowman? Because finally, you gave him some legitimacy and some validity after what seems like two years of just getting chumped. Same as Sammy has been. He, you turned him into a, a dancing monster, a bearded lady at the circus, and just kind of, hey, hey, pay $5, look at the monster. Sure. And... Now you finally strap him with a title and start giving him some legitimacy, and then you throw him into a situation where he's going to be in three. Like I'm, I'm so, I'm so torn between these two outcomes and feelings because I'm happy on one hand and I'm really sad on the other hand, but I want the best for both of them. And I, I don't know how this really hell. I can't see how this does anything good for Braun. Okay, well, it may not do a ton good for Braun. I think that the worst thing of for Braun with it is that he does look like an idiot going into this. You know, he basically ran his mouth and talked, got himself talked into the situation in the first place. And then in this match, all he wanted to do is get his hands on Sami Zayn. The the story they were pushing was Sami's the one guy who's been escaped, who's escaped all damage in this whole feud. You know, Braun's taken out Shinsuke. He's taken out Cesaro. He's never gotten his hands. Sami's never gotten those hands, right? Mm-hmm. So that was, and like all Braun wanted to do this entire match was murder Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn kept tagging in, hitting him, like rabbit punching him, and then running out of the ring, tagging in one of the other guys. Uh, and Braun kept kind of like lumbering towards Sami and 
getting taken out by either Shinsuke or Cesaro. Is it Wile E. Coyote and the Roadrunner here? I mean, uh, it, that's what it felt like to me. And it's comedy goofiness. that That's the kind of stuff that I don't really like. Even though it's enjoyable in the moment, it makes him look like a dumb just oh. It does. And the problem is, is Braun has consistently been portrayed as being kind of an oaf. And unfortunately, you know, he is very, he is one of the big guys who can actually talk for the most part. Um, he has charisma. He doesn't seem in an interview like an oaf. And yeah. yet they book him to, to have actions that are oafish. Right. And that's frustrating. Um, but at the end of the day, I was very sports entertained by this match. Uh, Sami Zayn's and sports entertained the hell out of me in this match. Yeah, agreed. and putting the putting the title on him legitimizes a lot of the heel stuff that he's doing right now. And even if he keeps it just to Mania, and Braun Strowman takes it back off him, then finally gets his gets his hands on Sami Zayn. If that's what this match was for, was just to set up that dynamic so that Braun can have his moment at WrestleMania and look like he finally gets his. All right, I'm fine with that. And in the process, Sami Zayn is your intercontinental champion. Say it again with me. Sami, Sami Zayn, Zayn is your intercontinental is a champion. champion. He's finally a champion. Something is right in this world. I'm just going to throw that out there. I don't, I don't care how, but he got it. That's, I wanted to throw out it. here that also that, you know, you mentioned that I had to go back and watch it. I had to take a little bit of a break there in the middle of the show. And I... He, you said, let me know when you watch it, what you, when you, what you think when I watch it. And I said, well, yeah. at the beginning in, in Gorilla, when he was doing the promo before they came out, he was doing yes. that, that parody of Braun Strowman. And it's pretty spot on. Spot on. <laughs> so for, for a Canadian, really good. Yeah. Um, and then, and and then I, Braun was doing it at the end of the match, too. There's something that about Sammy coming out and like hardcore slam dancing to Shinsuke's theme that just gives me life. <laughs> Like flailing his arms around and doing that shit that I haven't really seen since about 2005. Yeah, you know, I actually saw I saw a clip the other day of like an early match, like in a gymnasium between a young Seth Rollins and a young Kevin Owens, uh, and Seth's just slam dancing on the floor, and Kevin Owens just comes over and just lays into him, lays him out. Yeah. It's like just like he's so annoyed by the slam dancing. And I think uh, after the match, my final comment was, "Oh, how far the Intercontinental Title has fallen since Miz had it." But at the and same that's kind of time. my overall sentiment is, do you remember how we used to rant and rave about how amazing Miz was with that title, even with the goons, uh, even with the Miz Tourage and all that, and we were all high on Miz getting all those title reigns and breaking the record sure. and all that, yeah. and, and it, being one of the, it being way John more Cena's important title. Yeah. than, the, frankly, the main titles. Are, are we just in an ebb and flow of the importance of titles right now where we've got The Fiend and Lesnar's got the WWE Championship and those are elevated again and we're going to come back to a point where we're down in the trough and the Intercontinental is going to... I don't know, but I just I pine for the days when it was just relevant and it mattered. <laughs> That's all. That's really what I, I what I got hung up on. I, I think it still does. I mean, they're fighting over a championship belt. It makes that belt mean something when you're fighting like specifically fighting over a belt and the belt is changing hands and they're they're going for the belts not just wins but the belt and the belt mattered as who pinned braun mattered who who pinned him got the belt so it did matter here so i i'm i actually think it's more relevant now than it's been in a while when it's just been you know resting the sidelines on nakamura or oh, braun sure. has it and it doesn't like we don't even think about it when like braun the intercontinental champion it doesn't really compute do you know what I mean? It's kind of—it's almost irrelevant. Braun Strowman, like as you said earlier, 
he's an, a marquee or tr- attraction. Him being a champ is strange. So I think this is, was actually a, a great decision. We'll see where they go with it from here. But I, I was not mad at this. In fact, I was pretty happy. And neither of us called this happening. No. I, was, I had written this match off. Yeah, I, 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 I thought it was going to be a silly said, squash. I, dude, I was so... I was staring down Sammy Cesaro and, Sh- and, and uh, Shinsuke getting beaten. And I was like, that's just... That, I'm going to be so mad. This outcome... Because I was so, expecting that so much. It's probably why this outcome happened. And I was just like, yeah! That's all, okay, cool! You know? I, yeah. So... Can't be too mad at him. Finally, Nick, here it is. The rockiest of Rocky Roads. The women's elimination chamber match for the number one contendership for Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. Natalia. Shorter, this was the most vanilla of vanilla ice cream, short of some Oscar sprinkles on top. Natalia, uh, Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan, Liv Morgan, Oscar, and Shayna Baszler in the elimination chamber. So the first half of this was essentially. The Riot Squad and Natalia having out their beef. It was it was two thirds of the Riot Squad. Liv didn't come out until later, um, and then just kind of just doing stuff. And everyone knew, everyone in the audience knew it did not matter. It did not matter until Oscar and Shayna came out. And the problem was is that's how they treated it. We know that Natalia, Sarah Logan, and Ruby Riot are not going to WrestleMania. So all this time spent with them doing stuff was just kind of like, okay, okay, okay get to the two women who we know actually matter in this match. And luckily, Shayna was third. And in addition, she also mercifully, immediately choked out Natalia. Well, let's see, first Sarah Logan, then Ruby Riot. Then she murdered Natalia in the door of one of the elimination chambers, just slammed the door into her a bunch of times, and then uh, gave her the knee uh, and the double hook cutter and, uh, and choked her out. And then she got to hang out for a little bit. Now, this is the thing that I think really, of all the of all the decisions in this match, this was the one that I think killed it. Was they made Shayna wait the full time? Because there's five minutes between the the doors being opened, and they made her wait. They basically had her kill everyone, and then have to wait out the rest of the time to see who was coming out of their pod next. Liv Morgan or Asuka. And it gave her some time to like kind of mug and stare at the, stare them down and do some stuff. Still a little bit long on this one, but it wasn't too bad. It was, but it was a little long. Pod opens. It's Liv Morgan. Shayna goes over there and absolutely decimates this girl. Picks her up by the legs, swings her head into the cage, swings her head into the pod until and and which was just one of the most sickening things in this entire match, and I loved it. The audience loved it. it I was love just when they do thin, thin Lexan like that, and it just wobbles and wobble, wobble, wobble. It just so- it sounds great. It looks great. She bounces right back off it. It looked great. It sounded great. The cameraman was right there staring down at it. The audience screamed in horror. They got a good shot of Liv on the outside, like doing the kind of like choke crying, yeah. where she's like, "I'm in so much pain. It just hurts every. It hurts to be alive." And then Shane, of course, takes her over to the uh, the post in front of Oscar and just hangs her. In the in the in the uh, Kirafuda clutch, just hangs her to death. That was brutal. Chokes her out, uh, and then Liv's corpse is taken out of the ring, and we've got three goddamn minutes <laughs> of Shane of Oscar putting on one of the best <laughs> shows in wrestling I've ever uh, seen. Her just sta- just being in. Can you imagine? Three minutes is a damn lifetime. Like it felt if, like a if, lifetime. If you're if you're on stage giving a speaking session or something yeah. like that, it feels like an eternity. And she just kept going, kept going, baka, 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 baka
If you're on a stage oh. play and someone misses their cue and you've got to like say stuff to cover, it is the longest time. Like you remember, you know, when, if, those of you who celebrate Christmas, being a kid and being awake the night before Christmas uh, and waiting for the next morning to come, it seems like it's like the longest. It's like it's like a prison sentence. Yeah, that's what this felt like. It's like, come on. At a certain point, like, yes, I get that they have to have Shayna pose. They got to have her threaten Oscar. They have to establish that Oscar's fired up and ready to go. But at a certain point, dude, y'all fudge the Royal Rumble times every year. You have like, you know, three minutes between entrances on us, 30 seconds. Fudge the damn time. All right. You didn't need to have Shane. It killed the crowd. Uh, it made it so that when Oscar finally got out, it was like something better goddamn happen here. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, Oscar couldn't do a whole lot because she's legit injured on her wrist. So Shane was being pretty like chill with her. She was trying to be kind of a bit careful with her. And I, I, I think it slowed Shane down a little bit. Because she was worried about actually genuinely injuring Asuka. Something was just a little bit, timing was a little bit off yeah. between these two. And this is what we were waiting for. We were waiting for Asuka Shayna. And they decided to have Shayna target th that wrist and essentially take out Asuka in a matter of, what, two minutes? It At most three. Three, yeah. It was almost nothing. She was, it was almost nothing. She was in the pod longer than she was in the ring with Shayna. You know, so oh, yeah, I, absolutely. Or in the chamber, I should say. So, at the same time, I absolutely loved this. Uh, Esme, you did say you wish you knew Japanese. I believe there is. Somebody did translate it. I, I read something out there. I think it's on Reddit. Somebody did translate all the stuff she was saying, which is yeah. fantastic, by the way. It's like, you're, I, you're, I you're a little bitch. Was... You can't do shit. You, yeah. you just wait till I, I get out the door. I've Bye, got idiot, whole... idiot. Stupid, stupid, stupid. I've got yeah. a whole thing prepared about Asuka uh, for Monday Night Raw. I'm going to save it for okay. that because I can tell you what she was saying here. I can tell you, tell you what she was saying on Raw. I, wanna, I actually want to talk a lot about Asuka what she's saying, how she's saying, because it's actually pretty fascinating. Yeah. Um, what she's doing. She's actually one of the most exciting people. Just you know, when it comes to promos, just you can't tell what the hell she's saying. But what she's saying is almost secondary to how she's saying it, if you know about Japanese. But we'll get it. We'll talk about that on the Raw show next. I, I wish I knew was, the episode that I remember. It was last summer sometime when they were just debuting, like uh, the Kabuki Warriors. Yes. The two of them together. Yes. And I remember just instead of letting them cut English promos, why don't they just have Oscar run around and yell in Japanese? I wish right. I could remember what episode that was because we were asking for that. I for would a while, I though. would travel forward in time and be like Nick, that's exactly what they're going to do. It'll Chill be out. okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they're they're turning into it too, especially because yeah. uh, that was the thing is Oscar was the most entertaining part of this. She was working overtime to keep everyone engaged to keep the energy up uh, in that cell, but then she got taken out pretty quickly and um uh, i also want to point out really quickly that i, I this is the first time that i've seen shana really because th they really wanted to drive home here a lot of people were saying oh, well i hated that shana used the exact same sequence of moves on everybody she did the um the knee uh the yokosuka cutter which is but she did a double arm uh mount to it yeah. which is a billy robinson homage which is really cool um and then she finishes off by putting him in the in the clutch, uh, and everyone's like, "Well, why did she?" Do? It was boring to have her do it the same way over and over again. Shayna Baszler, this is her second match on the main roster. For most of the audience, it's the second time they've ever seen her, and she may or may not have another match before WrestleMania. They need to establish in this match who she is, what she does, how she does it. It's like Drew McIntyre with the three-two-one. You've got to do it a certain number of times for people to recognize it. You have to recognize what her finishing moves are, her setup and everything, to know what's happening when she's setting it up. So for all the casuals in the audience, people who haven't seen her before, 
Now they know. When she does that knee, if she does that cutter, if she lifts them up into that, you know, kind of stormbreaker position, watch out because now the end is near. And that's what they're driving home here. So I didn't mind that because, again, this was all about the end result. And I, and I know, Nick, that I think you were mad about it. I know uh, our, our former champion, Andy Jessup, was livid that it seemed like the women's division got just run over by Shayna Baszler. Um, and there are times when I, I'm frustrated by that kind of thing too, but this to me was a very pointed setup of one of their biggest matches in WrestleMania, and they don't have a lot of time to set it up. Well, they and put they a bunch of jobbers in there, uh, you know, and Oscar was the finale, the grand finale, which right. we all wanted was, to see anyway. So I don't feel like they steamrolled the women's division. That's kind of the women that work in matches anyway so i feel like they would have given oscar more time if she wasn't injured too Agreed. you know what i mean yeah. like I, I i'm not gonna say that that was necessarily the plan um uh, because she was injured so I, I feel like this would have been better had we done what you were just outlining over the last couple of weeks let's let's have shana shana came out bit becky lynch and then we kind of didn't see her right like let's why not and then we had becky lynch doing stupid shit like sitting up at the commentary desk with uh, Jerry King Lawler's crown on and being an idiot. So mm. I, I, I feel like this came out hot with Shayna's debut, biting her on the neck, and then... See, here's the funny thing. I would have done it if, differently. It, I would have too. And here's how I would have done it differently because the end result is to try to point out that Shayna's a monster, yep. right? Not only technically, but as a human being. And... I think the only downside to the way I would have done it is a possible face turn or like feeling bad for the Kabuki Warriors. And I also know why they couldn't have done this. They wanted to have all three members of the Riot Squad in there to try to move their story forward. They had Liv be the one that Shayna killed last because she's the one people are most sympathetic towards. Uh, and they had Natalia in there for the first half because she's the experienced one and she was calling the shots in the first part of that match and also taking some absolutely brutal bumps. Sarah Logan just demolished Natalia's face coming off the top of that one cell at the one point. Like yeah. Natalia took some absolutely gruesome bumps in this match and all props to Natty in this match because she did take some absolutely hellacious punishment. Um, but she had to be there to be the experienced one. The thing is, I would have taken her out and put Kyrie Sane in instead. And I'd have had Kyrie Sane. I would have had the Riot Squad be the first half, and then Kyrie Sane be the one that Shayna chokes out in front of Asuka at the end. Almost like she's sat, making show, her watch, you know, to watch me kill your friend. Yeah, Asuka doesn't give a crap about Liv Morgan. No. You know what I mean? It's more personal. It makes Shayna more of a monster if she's like, "I'm going to kill your friend in front of you. Look what I'm doing, and you can't do a damn thing about it." And then Oscar can come out hot, make a mistake, and then it protects Oscar a little bit more when she comes out. Again, it's just that's that's Ian booking, just trying to get across the point they were trying to make. I think they got the point across. It could have been done a little bit better, but at the same time, at the end of this match, you have the first person in, in whatever it is, eighteen years, uh, to go through every single person they 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 tapped out everybody they took out every single person in the elimination chamber no one else has ever taken out everybody else that's a huge accolade to put on shana baszler right now so yeah i'm not i'm not mad at that at all they've got to make a point with her they have to make her this terrifying unstoppable force and they've got to do it very quickly and that's the literally the only goal of this and i think they did i think they made her look to a casual fan absolutely terrifying 
I agree. So, I mean, overall, looking back at the show, you know, if we had to grade it, like how, like I'm thinking like B minus, like it, it delivered, but at the end of the day, it was just like, I, I don't remember short of looking at the notes and doing the show here today. I, I don't know that there's anything on there other than Braun and Sammy dropping the title and the good Gulak Daniel Bryan match that I'm would really lose sleep over or like, Oh my God. I'd give it a solid B, maybe leaning towards B plus if I'm if I'm having a good day. But yeah, B. I was entertained. It overperformed for me. I think is really why I liked it so much. Is I was ready for absolute crap, Nick. Yeah. I was ready for crap. Your expectations and were so low. You're pleasantly low. surprised. <laughs> I yeah. think that was a lot of people. And <laughs> I remember was, watching along in the chat. It was like, oh, wow, this actually turned out to be a pretty good show. Yeah, a lot of that pleasant surprise as people were watching it. So. I was, I was uh, what about going into mania? Where are you at? Do you feel like things are turning the corner? Are you excited about the card? Any outcomes here that give you any sort of hypertension about what's going to happen at mania? You know, one thing before I talk about that, I just kind of, I realized, I, I remember an episode of Bruce Pritchard's podcast where he's talking about how Paul Heyman wanted CM Punk to choke out everybody or at least big show, but I mean, it might've been everyone in like the Anaconda vice yeah. in the cell. And I wonder if that's what he pitched here. Hmm. To have till he finally got his way and was like, we need someone to just go through everybody to, to legitimize him. I just a thought, um, but uh, were you or were you saying where are we at with the matches for Mania? I, yeah. yeah, this set this set up a bunch of them, and the ones that weren't set up here are set up. We're set up on Raw, and there's some on Smack that I'm sure we'll get. I'm I'm curious about the uh, U.S. title. I'm curious what Daniel Bryan will be doing for WrestleMania. Um, I'm curious where, where Alistair Black lands for Mania, if he lands on Mania at all, or if that's just going to turn be completely AJ and Undertaker. Um, I have no idea what the hell is going on with the tag titles on Raw. They've got me completely stumped there. I don't even know if they know what they're doing there. But um, they really clearly told us, yes, Shayna is the one for Becky. We're, I, I mean, barring something crazy that may happen later this week, which I'll talk about on the Raw show. Hint, hint, wink, wink, stick around. Um, I, th I think we're pretty clear coming out of this about uh, about a lot of things um, that I was worried about before the show. Yeah. The Intercontinental title I'm a lot more comfortable with now than it was having it on Braun. But uh, yeah, I, again, I was entertained. It didn't blow me away. But then again, it did not let me down. Braun just had it. That's my only hang-up about that. I'm not mad at Sammy having it. Braun just got it a week ago. Mm -hmm. And you're going to take it off of him. We, we always say don't flip-flop the titles like that. They lose their relevance. C-24-7 title. But um, you're going to have a lot of people coming out of nowhere to watch WrestleMania, and they don't care how long ago he held it. That's fine. All right. Are you going to be, are you going to be, be there to see the big monster attraction at WrestleMania like we always make the argument for? Or are you going to be there to watch little whiny Sami Zayn run around with it and taunt him? And you then have that? the big monster attraction win it and have a nice big moment. Sure. They right. did that if, when if we're he, that when lucky. He, when he won it with uh, Nicholas, I think the Bard only had it for a couple of weeks. All right. So. Well, well, guys, we are going to jump over and do our Monday Night Raw show next. We're going to do that on a separate stream, so don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll no, be right I, back. One, one quick point, though, before we move on. There was a lot of star-making performances on this show. You had, you had Shayna in a star-making performance, or at least attempting her to make a star, right? Eh. Sami Zayn got, got a title. Street Profits, Rollins, and Murphy had a match. Uh, Alistair Black finally got a shot at one of the top guys. You had Gulak. Drew freaking Gulak had the best match on the show. And the only time that an old talent came out was Undertaker for two seconds. 
Um, and this is coming off of, of Super Showdown where we were complaining about like the old guys getting all the spotlight. Was this having a lot of kind of the younger talent really get a lot of shine on this show? Did that allay any of those concerns for you about the old guys kind of getting too much shine? Or was this just... No, because they're all going to be on WrestleMania. Lip service. This is and just then, lip service. This is just lip service because they're all going to be on WrestleMania. Goldberg, mm. Taker, they're all going to be there. We're going to have a whole bunch of – look, Hogan's probably going to be on Mania again with Alexa Bliss. You know, So it's, it's, there's going to be a bunch of the old guys there too. So I, this was a bump in the road, right, as you call it. So apropos called it a road bump uh, mm. at the beginning of the show. That's, we used to even have a pay-per-view dedicated to it called Roadblock. That's true, but at least it's better to have I'll, – I'll end it with this. Better that this was a bump in the road than that we ran over some roadkill on the road uh, to WrestleMania. Yeah, I think some people were left roadkill uh, after between Super Showdown and this. Yeah. Super Showdown was definitely you, – you ran over like a deer. And like it got up – like some of the – got up in your like car engine parts. So you like smell it for like miles down the road. Uh, that, was, that was Super Showdown. This, uh, was just a, this was just a bump. This was a pothole at worst. Well, there you have it, guys. That's our recap of Elimination Chamber 2020. But don't go anywhere. We will be refreshing with a brand new stream where we're going to break down everything and the fallout from Elimination Chamber last night on Monday Night Raw. But hang tight as we switch things over. We'll be right back, okay? So don't go anywhere. Sorry about the technical difficulties as well. For those of you listening on audio, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. This is for you guys on YouTube. Uh, definitely come over and hang out in on Facebook with us. Just search for Busted Wide Open over there. Like our page and send us a join request to get into the group with the rest of the phenomenal ones. You'll find links there for Discord, and you can find them in the uh, description below here on YouTube in case you're watching at a later time. Uh, come join us in Discord for live chats all throughout the week. Uh, we do also do a bunch of watch parties from our Facebook page and group all the time. So you want to make sure you're in all of those things to be a part of all the things that we do here at Busted Wide Open. In addition, yeah. subscribe to us here on YouTube at youtube.com slash Busted Wide Open. Lots of new folks showing up today. Thank you for doing so. Thank uh, you, guys. You can also make sure we do stream live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, youtube.com slash Busted Wide Open. We're on that trek to 1,000 subscribers. We're just yeah. there. Oh, please help us get there. Thank you guys so much for all your help and support uh, along the way. And last but certainly not least, thank you to all of our patrons. You guys are the fuel that rocks this machine mm. called the Busted Wide you Open Podcast. Beautiful, beautiful people, you. And we love you for it. If you'd like to get in on some exclusives, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. It is the best way to help support the show here other than giving your word of mouth and spreading the good word about the podcast. But if you'd like to be able to ask uh, listener questions, patron for our patron mailbag show that we do on Saturdays, you can get access to show notes. Uh, you can get bonus episodes at the $10 tier. All kinds of good stuff over there at patreon.com slash BWO. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God, would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.